0: After another quiet trade deadline, a lot of Bulls fans took umbrage with the words from Arturis Karnasova, our president of basketball operations. And on yesterday's episode, I went on a little rant about kind of about where the team stood at. But on today's episode, we're going to talk about how the Bulls can be a better team after the trade deadline. One adjustment Billy Donovan has made that could unlock a lot of the team and preview tonight's game against Orlando Magic. All that plus a mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. Well, what's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, there, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this content. So, you know, my episode yesterday in talking about the state of the Chicago Bulls, I and mean, while it was very clear on it, it wasn't just about the lack of activity at the trade deadline, but more of a sum of all the kind of events that have happened over the last few years with the Chicago Bulls. Now, one thing with that, and I got to give credit to a lot of people who did point it out in the chat, and even Arturis Karnasova who did point it out in that press conference, is that last year after the trade deadline, the Bulls had that, had more success, right? that 14-9 stretch that so many people talk about uh, with the Chicago Bulls. But the difference is between now and then, the Bulls are actually playing pretty damn good basketball right now as far as their their record, right? Playing, you know, a a 58% win record, things like that. They are playing better. You can't deny that. And, you know, while I know we've, we've been kind of trained to look at buyout candidates and things like that, it's so common with the Chicago Bulls is looking at buyout candidates. If the Bulls do get a shooter in this buyout, uh, market and a shooter that can help the team and actually, you know, comes in and shoots good percentages re- regardless of the position, it could definitely open up a lot more for this team offensively. So, while I get it and I don't want to take away every- I stand by everything I said in yesterday's video. There are signs that this team is going to finish out this season pretty strong. Now, the thing in- that is, is like even finishing pretty strong, we're looking at finishing it around the, ni- the ninth or the eighth. And I know, you know, some people still out- hold out hope that the Bulls can get up to that. To that six seed. and you know if they can they can but when you look at over the stretch over the last 10 games for the Chicago Bulls the Bulls are plus 3.1 net rating over the last 10 games We're 10th in offense 15th in defense and 11th in net rating over the last 10 games now that's 10 games right and you want to see that happen over a longer amount of time before you're just going to bet on the team being that but there is signs to this team playing better and the, the problem is is that you know we look at the front office and we worry that the front office Looks at that success and then just says, "Oh, bet, we're good. Let's get let's get off to the running." But you know, if the team does add some shooting, which you can only add so much as a buyout candidate, so it's not like you're going to add this amazing shooter unless the Bulls get lucky and whoever they sign just goes off and gets in a great rhythm towards the end of the season. But you know, adding some shooting to this team definitely can help add some spacing and other things that we do need. And so that that you got to look at that positively. A plus three point one net rating just kind of put that in perspective. If the Bulls were able to have that, which they did, right? So that 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 they didn't. But if the Bulls did have a 3.1 net rating over an entire season, that would put them amongst some of the better teams in the NBA. When you look at it, for example, the six seed Indiana Pacers have a have a net rating of 1.3. 1.3. The best net rating in the Eastern Conference is the Boston Celtics was 9.1. That's listen, that that's that's wild, right? So, you know, but you know, 3.6 is the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you know, the New York Knicks, Philadelphia 76ers have uh, 5.5, 4.6. Matter of fact, the only teams in the play area that has a positive net rating is the Orlando Magic, who we take on tonight, with plus .7. So, again, a net rating that that that's that good, if the Bulls were able to maintain that for a full season, would be one of the top ten teams in the Eastern Conference. So they are playing like one of the best teams in the conference right now. Now, are they going to be able to sustain that? We'll end up seeing, but those signs and then the growth from Kobe that we've seen, which we've talked about so much uh, on this channel, right? And one of the things that have changed recently with this Chicago Bulls team is the use of Andre Drummond and Nikola Vucevic together. Now, I still, I'm going to hold out thinking that the Bulls are going to be able to use that lineup against every team until they show it. You guys know I'm a show-me person, but you can't deny the way in which it's played before. Billy Donovan, who's been typically hesitant to play that, and like I said, last season when we've done it, it wasn't good. They're finding way more success and that could come via the uh, or be due to via the word that we hate is the continuity. And that's one thing, and I got to objectively view it. The fact that Vooch and Drum have now been teammates for – one-and-a-half seasons, basically, a little over one-and-a-half seasons, it seems like they understand how to fit their game a little bit better together. In the second half of last game against the Memphis Grizzlies, the fact that Drummond started that second half, it really helped unlock some things for the Chicago Bulls. So, you know, I get it. We used it against a team in in the Minnesota Timberwolves. We had great success in that. We had a little bit of success on it. In, in the in the Memphis Grizzlies game, and it could be something that Billy Donovan goes to that actually starts forcing teams to adjust to them rather than the Bulls always adjusting to what other teams do. And Billy Donovan said as much as that. He said this, those two guys are very good together. I think being big men, they know how to play off each other. It's the spacing around those guys that has to be better. We're trying something different and adjusting to what we do, not what the other team is doing. We're, we are forcing together in the paint we make teams have to deal with us on both ends of the court. I really like that lineup, and I'm looking forward to more of it. So, signs pointing to Billy Donovan is going to try this Nikola Vucevic and Andre Drummond lineup more and more and more. And we'll see. Like, like at the end of the day, if you're having success, do it. Doing it, keep doing it until you if you stop having success in doing it. And you know that that it does put more pressure on the on the on like players like Caruso, players like Io, players like Kobe White to be more effective shooters in the spacing because. They're the ones that are going to get that spacing. Tory Craig as well when he's hitting his threes. Uh, Demar, you know, being effective when he takes them, but he's not going to take a whole hell of a lot of them. And if the Bulls can increase that spacing in doing that, it can it can get. That was the one thing in that that I always went to is the spacing aspect. The spacing aspect of having Vooch and Drummond out there together is terrible. But this Bulls team is finding a way. And yeah, it was a Memphis Grizzlies team that is bad, right? 18 wins on the season, and a Minnesota Timberwolves team that we had to go overcome a 30 point deficit. But let's start seeing it tonight against the Orlando Magic. While they don't have a front court that's like amazing, like like the way that the Minnesota Timberwolves have played together, they do have a lot of size in that front court. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if they're going to start Drum. We'll see. Maybe uh, Billy does his thing where he starts his typical lineup and has Drum come off the bench in the first half. And then maybe in the second half, um, Drum is in that starting lineup. We'll see what happens with that. But this Orlando Magic team would have Impalo, Window Carter. They got Mo Wagner, Franz Wagner out there as well, who plays at the three for them. Um, there's a lot of size out there, so maybe the Bulls look to take advantage of that again, or, or try to match that with having those traditional big man in there, and then we'll see what comes about it. So we'll see that Twin Towers lineup for the Chicago Bulls. Could that be something that continues? Only time will tell, and we'll see how successful we are in doing that. Now, I preview. I talked a little bit about the Orlando Magic, uh, and we play them tonight, and so that's the next thing is. How the Bulls can get a victory against the Orlando Magic. Keep in mind, this was a team that at one point was like one of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference before they fell down. Now, the thing with the Orlando Magic is defense, and we'll talk about that here in a second. They're the 26th ranked offense in the NBA. They have the 20th uh, in field goal percentage. They're 21st in rebounds per game uh, as far as getting that. So that's not amazing at all. But the thing that separates the Orlando Magic is their defense. They are fifth in overall defense, only allowing 110 points per game. For reference, the Chicago Bulls are 10th. So this game is going to come down to which team can make the most defensive steps and which which team's defense uh, you know, really at, towards the end of that game create some separation. This is going to be a defensive matchup. This is going to be a game of defensive adjustments. This is going to be a game where we're going to have to see how Billy Donovan adjusts to what the team is trying to do to them defensively. The Orlando Magic aren't great offensively by any stretch of the imagination. But they are a damn good defensive team, and they use that defense to really push them to, to be able to get wins. Again, much like uh, you know, they're they're not hugely a huge offensive team. They're they're not even hugely effective either, as far as like efficient, I should say, as far as that. But they do have two 20-point per game scores, and Paolo Banquero and Franz Wagner. These are two players that can go off on you. And they can go off on you from any spot on the floor, and the Bulls are gonna have to try to limit. The role players going off. I don't know how much you can stop Paolo and Franz. If you can get them to having inefficient games, that's cool. But then when you look at it, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, and Wendell Carter all average double-digit points for them as long as Mo Wagner as well. Wendell Carter, Mo, Mo Wagner. So they have a lot of players that are averaging double-digit points. They spread the ball around. They try to get everybody involved. Even though they don't shoot the best field goal percentage, they do try to get other players involved. And so the Bulls are going to have to look out for that. They're going to have to match up. The Bigs are going to have to play tonight. And if, if Drum does start with Nikola Vucevic or does play a lot with Nikola Vucevic. When one of them are not on the court, it's going to be interesting how they match up against that size. Hopefully, Torrey Craig is able to go and healthy because we're going to need some of that, especially against Paolo, especially against Franz. We're going to need uh, some of that, and we'll see what the Bulls can end up doing. This is going to be a game that I think is going to be fun. It does have implications on the standings as well as the Orlando Magic are three games above the Chicago Bulls right now so winning this game would really help close that gap considerably for the Bulls and so and create more separation we sit two games above the Atlanta Hawks right now as well and four and a half games above the Brooklyn Nets that sit at that 11th seed so the Bulls have a little bit of cushion with the teams underneath them they can create a little bit more with the win tonight against the Orlando Magic so let's hope the Bulls are prepared let's hope the coaching staff is prepared and that we're ready to go to attack this like we need to do Period. All right. With that said, it is Saturday, so that does mean it's mailbag day. Let's go into the voicemails. This first one, this one's from Reginald.
1: Hey, hey, this is Reginald from Columbus, Georgia. Uh, great win by the Bulls the other night against the Timberwolves. Uh, honestly, I thought it was over at halftime. You know, I come back, check in, it's the fourth quarter, and they got a single digit. I'm like, how the hell did that happen? But uh, like I said, uh, great win, great effort. Uh, wish they do it every night, but... You know, it is what it is. We can't, we should sure expect it, but we don't. But, uh, I'm, I'm listening to you and of course, no one's talking about the Bulls. No one's talking about that, uh, win coming back from down for like damn i thirty. But, uh, when I listened to you and Pat talk about most of the group play, I thought, of course, it's going to be Kobe because there's almost no one else. But I also know what you guys said about, uh, because chicago is got, uh, above 500, you know, top 15 with the East. That wasn't going to happen. So I started thinking, like, who would win it? And it probably would go to Kwame simply because look at the run they Look on. Look at the game they're playing. He's literally playing his best basketball since Toronto, and he's been doing it, and he's been doing it while being healthy. So my question to you is, what do you think it will take for Kobe White to be recognized as the most improved player? Or is it just politics and each of uh, Everett is gonna go the way you expect it to go where the best player on a team like the Clippers or the Lakers or well not the Lakers but some other top five or six team are gonna get it. Uh thanks.
0: Kawhi, Kawhi Kawhi? isn't winning most improved player, bro. Like I like he's just not. Like you can't have a player that's played at the levels of Kawhi and win most improved player. He's probably going to Max. That's the that's the front runner right now for it. Now, to answer your question though, what would it take for Kobe White to win most improved player of the year? I would say from this point until the end of the season, because, yeah, from this point until the end of the season, Kobe White has to average, I would say, anywhere between 22 to 25 points per game and five and six or six assists and five or six rebounds per game, and the Bulls would have to win. That's what the Bulls, that almost 60% win percentage I talked about, they would have to maintain that for the rest, and they would have to win against some of the better teams in the league that they have on their schedule. We have now... Towards the, the For this, uh, the, the month of February, I think we have the eighth hardest schedule in the league. So the Bulls would have to really do, uh, win a lot of those games. Kobe White would have to step up big in those games if he really wants to close that gap between a player like Maxie. Even though I do think he should win it regardless. But the ca- kind of that national media conversation now that Maxie is still playing at a high level with Embiid being out. It, it'll take the Bulls to win at a high level and Kobe White to be really huge and having those huge performances in that. He's already risen up his uh points per game for the year to almost 20. I say by the end of the year, he's probably going to get to about 22 uh, points per game for for the season. And then, but uh, I, I would say from here until the end of the season, if he can average 22 to 25 points per game with those other metrics that I gave, I think Kobe White then could get himself into that conversation for most improved player of the year. That's my personal opinion. You guys can let me know what you think down below. All right, let's get into this next one. This one's from Sam.
2: Hey man, it's Sam over here from St. Louis, and um, dude, I, I I never actually use any of these hotlines because you know I don't want to complain on somebody else's phone, but this shit is fucking ridiculous, man. This team has gone 1,059 days without making a single in-season trade. This team also has made the playoffs once in that same time period. This team also <laughs> has been 10 and 21 against teams against. Over five hundred as of February eighth. I don't fucking understand what the rocks for brains, A.K. and Mark Eversley, who's a goddamn ghost at this point. I don't even know the last time we've seen that motherfucker. But whatever. I don't understand what goes on in their brain, especially after that press conference where he said Weinstorf is okay with whatever direction they go in. So that means that they had the green light to say, you know what, it's not working. Let's you know trade Demar, let's trade. Caruso, let's cherry Drummond for a couple picks for an expiring contract. Let's really, you know, not build around Kobe, but, you know, have Kobe be our main guy until we can find that true star, either in a draft or via trade. But no, they've decided that they couldn't find any good deals, even though 29 other teams in the past 1,059 days have found the deal that can either make them better today or make them better in the future. It's complete incompetence, and I don't understand how anybody can excuse this shit. Anybody? He has lost every single move he has made, aside from the Caruso deal, which was honestly great because he stole it from the Lakers. And then you can argue the Demar deal because he's outplayed his contract, but we still gave up a a 2025 first rounder. Granted, it is top ten to protected you know so it's a good chance that we keep it and then i think it's going to be top 10 protected again the next year and in terms of the second whatever cool he fucking sucks at every aspect of his job he's not even a good talker to even bullshit his way through this he said last off season just wait until free agency and his fucking
0: only moves were
2: javon carter who
0: is dull- experience the thrill of march madness if you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today.
2: Dog shit. No disrespect to him as a person. But on the Bulls. He is dog shit. And Tory Craig, who is okay, but he got played off the floor in the playoffs last season with the fucking Suns after he hit a couple threes and they realized that wasn't going to happen again. This shit is ridiculous, man. I I, I I don't get it. I'm stuttering so much because I'm pissed the fuck off at how bad he is at his job. And it's to the point, man, where y'all can continue to watch, but I'm only going to catch the shit on Bleacher Report. I'm not watching this bullshit team anymore. I hope Kobe continues to do well. Hope Io continues to do well. Hope Pat comes back well. But fuck
0: this goddamn team, man. And uh, <laughs> this shit is ridiculous. Y'all have a good one. When you throw out those numbers, and I didn't verify those. I didn't have time. Uh, but if those are all legit and correct in what you said, that's crazy. That is crazy. And here's the thing. Uh, you, you said that AK lost every move that he's made. I disagree with that. Not every move. He's lost a lot of them. Though. Like like you said, the DeMar move, I'm sorry, even in giving up a top 10 protected pick with what DeMar's done, he broke a what record. Now, if you're looking at that and saying, well, yeah, he did that, his individual performance has been good, but the team success hasn't been that. Fair, fair in that. Uh, I think the Vooch trade we all know is a loss, uh, and not because of, of freaking Wendell Carter's because of the two first-round picks that we gave. Um, the Alonzo tra- move was ends up being a loss for sure because you only get 30-so 30 pl- 30 games out of that so far. Um, you know, so I, maybe I actually agree with you more than I initially thought I agreed with you. Uh, and I, I appreciate it. Like I said, you're going to have to take risks, and those risks aren't always going to pay off. But the thing that I'm more worried about is that ache in those moves that have went left, that now it's made AK not being willing to take risk at all. And if that's the case, that's going to be a scary part of your franchise to, to go towards. And yes, he has the green light to rebuild. But like I said in yesterday's episode, it's not about necessarily rebuilding. If you have the green light to rebuild, that means you have the green light to retool. And if the deals weren't there, the trade deadline, cool. But you can't keep telling us on what you're going to do in the offseason and then nothing happening. Because per your point, that is what he did last year. The thing was the end of the season press conference where he said, I think fans will be happy or surprised with what we do in the offseason. And then that offseason was Tory Craig, Javon Carter, and Julian Phillips. And don't get me wrong. Julian Phillips has great potential. I really like Julian Phillips as as a, a, a potential uh, in what he has for him as a piece that we need to build and develop. I like Tory Craig and what he's brought. Javon Carter's brought brought nothing. He's been terrible. So, you know, it is what it is when it comes down to that. And hopefully this time next year we're actually talking about the moves that that his words match. And that, that's the biggest thing. What he says to us. Doesn't match the result that we see on the basketball court. That's all it comes down to to me. Hopefully we start seeing that result on the basketball court. Match those words that AK gives. All right, let's head into the next voicemail. This one's from 8Lives. What's up,
3: guys? This your boy, 8Lives. I was going to be the next 30, but I don't want to wait till
1: after the deadline.
3: Um, as a true Bulls fan, I'm glad AK didn't make no moves. This is a different Bulls team. It's not Unity or whatever continuity because we don't have Zach Lazy-Ass on the team right now. I want to see what we can do with this team. We're not winning no championship, but I don't want to throw Kobe's flow off. If anything, we should want these players to stay, if not for anything, but for Kobe to continue to keep his flow. Kobe loves um, having uh, 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 a drumming. There's no use to trade him. Try your best to sign you can't, oh well. But let's play this year out and let Kobe get all his shine. There's no need to start to break this team up and doing all an that. Because every time I heard somebody say something about us making a trade, it was about us getting fleeced or how the league wasn't going to give us shit. So what we were just going pray, pray to redo, trade need decent players that do get do get, but shit, no. Let's see what this ball tends to do. With this nothing, this is fine, but at least Kobe is comfortable with his teammates and he's going to get to play. Back is out the way. So now when Patrick come back, you got IO going crazy. Man, let's do our thing, man. Fuck them trades. We can't get nothing yet. You're going to have to wait till the off offseason. We can put that together, ball, cottage, and get all them bums up out of here. But for now, I'm enjoying watching this team play. And DeMar's still a star, man. It is what it is. So just I'm cool with what happened. We, it was nobody we was going to get. Every time I hear about a trade, it's about us getting police or somebody giving us something, just some bullshit. So who want to see that? No, bro. I want to continue to at least watch the team that care about winning. Without Zach, to me, it's a different team. Is my point. So let's keep it going. Let Kobe keep this flow, and let's just watch Kobe play, man. And this for all the haters from years ago who kept saying trade Kobe. I'm so happy that he's mushing this in y'all face, and now y'all got around with him because I keep hearing Hayes talking about how he started off, and this is how I met Hayes Show because I kept hearing every other show saying trade Kobe, trade Kobe, and he was the first one I was hearing saying don't trade Kobe, and that shit has paid off, and I don't think. I know his game got better, but at the end of the day, I always knew if he got the opportunity, that he would flourish. And I also thought that when we started I.O. that year over Kobe, in my opinion, not nobody else's, that should have been Kobe's starting job. It should have been the proper chain of command. But we stuck I.O. in that first one. I think that was the cause of his Southmore slump, in my opinion. So everything is going great, man. Go Brewers. I'm looking forward to the second half of the goddamn three Reds.
0: Kobe being comfortable with Timo, that is a great perspective to have on the lack of moves, right? Is that, you know, with Kobe White, where he is now, one could say that there's moves that could have been made potentially to make things easier on Kobe White with having more shooting to allow him to break down the defense, more things like that. But that's a great perspective to have, and not one that a lot of people have shared. So, you know, shout out to you for that at 8 Lies. And I think ultimately, from now until the end of the season, it's seeing how much Kobe White's, how much more Kobe White grows because then it's up to the front office to capitalize off that growth and then put him in a better situation long-term to where he's going to be killing it. So let's hope that that's the case for uh, Kobe White. You know, Patrick Williams comes back, things like that. And, hey, like I said, I hope that you're 100% right that, you know, it, this is puts Kobe in a better position to keep doing what he's doing. And then let's see how we're going to build off that in the offseason. Let's hope so. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from T'Challa. Yeah,
4: this your boy T'Challa the saved man. And I just called in because I want to educate the Bulls fans that keep screaming about a trade, a trade, trade, trade. Listen, man, it's nothing on the market. That's what people don't understand that can drastically make us better. If I'm AK, the vice president of basketball operations, I'm looking at that, and he's a big splash. People forget about what he contributed to Denver. He helped build that team. What is wrong with you guys? He's great in all the type of moves he's trying to make. It's big splash moves that drastically make us better now or drastically going to make us better for the future. So why would he trade any asset or any piece when that's not what's available on the market? I'm happy because with the continuity that we got, the players like each other, the, the personalities all fit. It's really good. Um, it's nothing he could do. It's nothing that we could do if you are smart, intelligent vice president of basketball operations and or GM. That's the thing. It was nothing there that would, as far as draft picks, that would make us better in the future, as far as Win players um, now, you know it, it was nothing there. That's what people don't understand. I'm I'm actually glad that we we stayed pat and 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 we didn't make any thirsty bursty ass move uh, and 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 because that could have just made us worse and put us far back. And we kind of down on draft picks now, so we need all what we can get as far as splash moves, draft picks, and big time players. This is Chicago. We don't settle for no bullshit. We don't settle for less. What's wrong with you guys? That was all on the market. That was all on the table. He did not settle. I salute that man. And that's what it is, man. Wake up. Wake the fuck up. Now, next year, we know who's supposedly going out. But it said Zach Levine was out for a season, not for the playoffs. So, we don't know what's going to happen as far as how he's going to uh, come back and, and play in the playoffs, and then we got Lonzo Ball working his way back. <laughs> we remember what this team did now, and now the jump players are ready. So this team get all back in the playoffs, and we don't know what they're doing behind closed
0: doors and behind the scenes in these practices. Lonzo- I do agree with you that there's no trades that would have made the team drastically better, right? Drastically, that keyword word in drastically, you're absolutely right but it's not always about making drastic moves. It's about taking advantage of the situation that some players are in. So I would say that, yeah, there are no moves that make the bulls drastically better, but the lack of movement as well may put the bulls in a, in a worse situation in the off season th- where they're going to lose talent there. Like we talked about, they're, they're going to be right up against that luxury tax. And unless they do something to clear Lonzo's salary, or they don't take much salary back in a Zach Levine trade or, or a boot salary dump, something like that. The bulls just by the nature of us avoiding the luxury tax, aren't going to be able to bring back Patrick Williams, DeMar DeRozan, uh, Andre Drummond. We're not going to be able to bring all those guys back. We're just not going to be able to. And so, you know, again, through what is currently this cap situation, that could absolutely be fluid and change. So that's where you start seeing people say things like, well, it's not just about making the team drastically better. It's about taking advantage so you can get something back. Because I tell you what, while you may not get a player back, that that's nearly as good as Drummond. If he does walk in the offseason, those three second round picks or that one first round pick reportedly that a team are offering looks a lot better than losing Andre Drummond for nothing just because of your cap situation didn't allow you to sign him. Now, I'm not saying that that's for sure going to happen. That is a high probability of that happening, but maybe AK and Eversley get cooking and then we, that something's completely different. And then we're not talking about that cap situation being the thing because that has happened before. So great point. Now, as far as look at what AK's has done, the only thing I want to respond to that is I agree with you, but past success does not guarantee future success, period. That's just it when it comes down to it. We can't keep saying, oh, well, yeah, look at what AK did in Denver. He did all this, and but guess what? They got lucky with having a second-round pick that was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial turn into a league MVP. So it takes a, a monochrome of luck in that as well, and you can't just say because they were successful there, that means they're going to be successful here. It doesn't mean that. So it's just like every coach isn't the right coach for every situation. Phil Jackson sucked in some areas, right? Like, no, that was more of a GM role with the Knicks, right? But like, so you can't, past success does not guarantee future success. So you don't get a pass for me based off what you did in the past. You can't live off of the accolades in the past five years later. You can't do that. It's a what what you've done for me lately business. And again, just because he was successful there doesn't mean he's going to be successful here. But let's hope that he is. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one's from Cornelia. Hey, what's
5: good, A's, hey, man? It's uh it's Corn King. Um, Yeah, man. Uh you know, I just had to call in just real quick, man. I had to I had to really sneak off, man, cuz uh all hands on deck here. But uh <laughs> it is what it is. Uh Let's just go ahead and get this out the way. I got two part questions for you. Okay. Um the one is I don't I what you said in the previous episode, man, about the fans, man, you, you spoke for us, brother. You spoke for us. Um You spoke for me. You know, Um, I love AC. I love drumming. I love Damar. But 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 what what are we doing? What are we fighting for? Like come on, like I don't I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it. Um, I get continuity. I get where acting come from. I I, I get I, I get where the model come from. But it's like damn man, like you know. And I wanted to make moves to make moves. I'm not saying that, but like, come on, man! You telling me there wasn't nothing on the table, nothing? But you know, it is what it is. And another thing is, I will be in the city on the eighth. I'm gonna be there on the eighth, and I'm gonna be there till the uh, I believe I'm gonna be there till the thirteenth or the twelfth. I'm gonna decide which or because I'm gonna go down there and I'm gonna see uh our bulls play Dallas. So my next question to you is, um, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> All my guys out here from Chicago. A lot of my, my, a lot of my guys out here. They always say, "Hey man, just stay downtown. <laughs> stay downtown." You know what I'm saying? No, don't go to outskirts nowhere, bro. Just stay downtown. I get all that and all that, man. But I want to eat somewhere. Like you know what I'm saying? What's a good neighborhood? A good, let's say, let's say it, it can be you know what I'm saying. And it's sketchy, but like it, it, it's safe during the daytime. <laughs> Give me a neighborhood spot You know, because I don't want to just eat, eat This pizza, I heard tavern pizza Is more of a local Chicago thing You know I I, I want to eat, you know, the Italian beef. I want to know where the best Italian beef's at Man, I want to, you know, so let me know Man, you know what I'm saying Let me know what's up, man, what's up with the city, man Because uh, I'll be there On A, I'll be there At the game, watching our bulls Hopefully whooping Dallas ass all right, King. You know, I always appreciate you, man. I got to get up here, get ready for this Super Bowl, man. Uh, fuck the Chiefs. Fuck the
0: Niners. Love you. Peace, King. <laughs> AK saying nothing was on the table. I mean, listen, it is what it is, man. I At the end of the day, like I said, you got you to gotta show it now. In the offseason, you got to show it. And maybe this team finishes out strong. This team wins over the last 30 games. Let's say they win 20 to 22 games over the last 30. All right. AK, all right, now what do you do? Now, what do you do? Now, as far as you go into the Bulls game versus Dallas, let's hope you, they win because if they lose that game, I'm blaming you, brother. Now, as far as restaurants to try, first of all, tavern style is the move, right? So, there you go. Restaurants that I would suggest in Chicago, Superdog, uh, which is really great, Luella's Southern Kitchen, which is really good, uh, Pat's Pizza is really good. Uh, so, check that out. And then, as far as the Italian beef, one of my favorite places is Johnny's. The name of the restaurant is Johnny's Beef, which is a questionable name. But I think if you want that Chicago-style Italian beef, you can always go to Portillo's. It's really good. But I think if you go to Johnny's Beef, you'd really like it. Again, pause on the name. Just search Johnny's. It'll come up. All those restaurants are kind of in the same area as well, not too far from each other. So there you go, young king. Go out and enjoy yourself, brother. But that's it for me for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod on every social media platform. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns bullscentralpod gmail.com lastly if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag the number to do so 773-270-2799 we are the number one spot for everything chicago bulls related thanks to you guys and like i liked in every episode on go bulls love you guys see red right if you can y'all peace this has been a presentation of
2: the break break media, break. media.